Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalpel had been thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. Dude, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo personality. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. We got Pete back again with the whole record crew. We got Chris Leopard and Dixon True. Tight. What up? What's your names? As Chris would say, it's like leopard, like the animal. Yeah. Like the animal. Like the cat guy. (laughs) Yeah, so we are going to talk. We got us together. Of course, we're going to talk about Malifo. So we are actually going to look at, we went to a tournament down at Gigabytes in Atlanta, Georgia. And if you haven't been to that store before, that is a sweet store. I always enjoy going to it. They serve beer and sandwiches, and they keep the card nerds away from the tabletop nerds, which is my favorite part. Yeah, Gigabytes Cafe. Yep. So before we get into all that, though, and talking about how how everything went, we're going to go ahead and make sure that we are supporting the podcast. Make sure that you guys are on Twitters, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and then we have RageQuitWire.com where we put up blogs and other information. I actually did a quick write-up of the tournament that if you are going to RageQuitWire.com, you have already seen. And then finally, if you want to support us, you can do that directly with Patreon.com slash RageQuitWire, where you can support us for as little as a dollar. And I want to thank our patrons because they rock. They're the reason why we can put out the battle reports. They're the reasons why we're putting out, trying to put out bi-weekly video content for Malifaux as well, do some mandatory Malifaux. And yeah, just... Really appreciate them. They do an awesome job supporting us and glad they like the content. Become a patron. You can be cool like the dozens of listeners that are patrons. I don't think we have dozens of patrons. We might have a dozen patrons. You can check it out. (laughs) (laughs) So we are going to go ahead and talk about this tournament. It was a three-round tournament. I'm actually going to pull up the pools just so I have them. They got them right in front of me too. I could just start talking about it. Like round one, turf war corner deployment, and the schemes were death bets, let them bleed, outflank, spread them out, and bait and switch. Oh my god! I know it wasn't like a super cohesive uh, uh, game here. What do you mean it wasn't so? What do you mean it wasn't super cohesive? Dude, it looks like you had, you had to slog through the table on turn one just so you can get it to grips on turn two. Well, because Turf War is all about kind of, you know, getting your side and trying to take out some of the enemy's side without losing your models. But uh, bait and switch, you got to go, you know, you got to go for the enemy. Outflank, you got to spread out way beyond the Turf War markers where you, you know, where you don't want to stay. Spread them out. You got to put pieces, you got to put scheme markers all over their side of the table. And then deathbeds, you have to do. I mean, deathbeds is like, and let them bleed are kind of the, the only not really so, caring about. I was gonna say. So here's a spoiler alert for Pete. I have never picked let them bleed. I have never thought about taking let them bleed. Every time I see it, that's just a dead dead scheme for me. Really? I yeah. I yeah. Why? Why would I let my? Yeah. Hmm. 
I don't believe in letting models live. Yeah, my opponent control the board. So when I saw this pool for round one, it was turf war and it was corner deployment. So I needed something and I was playing Bayou, Chris, you were doing Explorers. So there was eight people at this tournament. And when I saw this one, I was like, I need something that can kill. I need something that has some flexible kind of hard to kill, hard to put down models. So in my head, I was like, cool, I'm going to go with Maw, but I'm going to do kind of a, a an elite Maw list. That's just fast and kind of hard to put down. So I'll share my list here in a second. But Chris, what uh, master were you thinking about bringing round one when you saw this kind of different pool? Uh, I actually wanted to kind of mess with the uh, the my opponent a little bit. So I uh, I brought Jetsa. So all what? about sticking all about sticking around, man. <laughs> and yeah, and it's funny because when you think of Jed, so you're like, oh, they're slow. I'll have time to, you know, do whatever. But they actually get up the board decently fast. Really? The way I play them, yeah. They get up the okay. board really fast. What do you do? You just like push them around after hitting them or something? That and utilizing um, the lamplighter's abilities. Hmm. Yeah, so he uses the lamplighters. He uses that for pushes. He. Um, use the lamplighter to put out some damage like on the grave goo and stuff. And then he'll use the intrepid emissary to, or effigy to do the push where you can push a model. What is it? Three or four inches or whatever. Four. And then follow up. Yep. And then Mikhail gets to teleport. So he's moving up the board quick. So it's deceivingly a quick crew. I gotcha. Yeah. They're kind of almost to the middle turn one, not quite to the middle, but almost. And I also brought a surveyor in that uh, in that list, so I was able to do chain gang. I guess uh, that's actually a thing from Explore Society. There's the deceptively fast. Yeah, deceptively fast. Yeah. So, looking at that, what I ended up bringing was I brought a Maw Tucket crew, and I ended up bringing the um, Lucky Emissary. I ended up bringing Gracie and Bert because that's my uh, pig trouble in Little China. Mm-hmm. I brought two Bokors because I was going to pick out flank because it was corner. And then I brought the two Soulstone Miners. And I feel like I'm missing one model. But hmm. that's pretty that's pretty close to it. And Chris, what'd you end up bringing? Uh, let's see. I brought, uh, you know, Jetson, Sophie. I brought a Lamplighter, uh, Michael, the Damned, the Grave Goo. Alstera and Twiggy and Surveyor. Uh, Gracie Bird, Emissary. Oh, yeah, of course. Then I brought two Bushwhackers. I was missing two models. If I didn't say two Bushwhackers, I think I might have only said one. But anyways, so the way my game worked out is I was playing against Mayfang, and this was 10 Thunders Mayfang, so I was happy I didn't drop Zip. Um, and basically, since it was Corner, and Dixon, you can probably confirm this, a lot of people on the internet, after I kind of shared what I did, they were really surprised that I took out flank. I don't know if you kind of get that feel from people, but I, I have a feeling out flank isn't as popular as I maybe make it sometimes. Yeah, because it's really hard to pull off. You have to have the model survive and the scheme marker survive. So like, there's two ways your opponent can screw you over. Yeah, but I feel like with corner deployment and with bushwhackers already being on the line, it's a lot more doable for that than a normal crew. True. True. Also, the fact that you can put uh, bushwhackers completely on your opponent's side of the field makes it so that even if they do die, they only take a you know your opponent's uh, turf four marker if you have flipped it over already. 
Yeah, and the other thing that I was thinking of too with that is that if it was a standard deployment or a wedge deployment, I wouldn't do outflank because that's a lot easier to um, basically defend against. But corner, you really have to dedicate models to get over to deny that. Yeah, dude, it, like corner the play. I swear they need to like increase that by three inches or something. It's way too short. I don't. I don't mind it. <laughs> it, it, well, it, it benefits the faster crews, so it gives the faster crews, you know, an edge on those. Yep. That's whereas exactly in other right. ones, they might not. Uh, but, and as the game kind of developed, I mean, he sniffed out I had outflank. I think if you bring two bushwhackers, it's not really a hidden thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I ended up scoring the first point for it, and he dedicated May came over there, and he sent the mechanical pork chop over there, and he sent a survivor over there. So uh, okay. I ended up dumping some to kind of protect it just so I could score at least one point. Uh, I fed Gracie up there just to kind of slow it down. Mm. Gracie killed the mechanical pork chop. And then Gracie got steam power kicked by May and <laughs> Gracie ended up dying. And then um, I basically dropped the Soulstone Miner in and he, he dropped the scheme so I could score that point. But... Yeah, it, it, I ended up bailing out of there and just left the bushwhacker to run away as fast as he could. Um, surprisingly, he didn't die to Mei Feng. <laughs> that is shocking. Not gonna lie. He got, well, well, he got the hell out of there, dude. But like the fact that Gracie is defense four makes it so that Mei Feng can like minus two to her hit. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. It was so oh, you're just gonna get kicked in the nuts repeatedly. Yeah, but, th and the reason though why I think, and this is what I was telling Chris the other day, the reason why I think outflank worked so well is because I didn't get both points for it. I only got one point. Gotcha. But the reason why I think it worked out really well was because it took Mei Fang out of the center and brought her to the corner. Mm -hmm. So then Maw and the rest of my crew was just in the middle, just bashing it, killing, you know, the forge crap and just winning the day in the middle. I mean, it, it ended up being one of those things where, yes, I didn't score the second point, so it denied me a point, but I think I had such an overwhelming advantage in the center mm -hmm. that it won me the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can definitely see that. Because Maw ended up just killing stuff in the center and neutralizing the turf war markers every time I killed something. God, that is so painful. Because, like, yeah, Mayfang is super fast once you have, like, scraps down. But, like, as soon as she starts losing people, then you have to, like use actions to teleport yeah interact and then come back to the fight like that's not that's not easy that's yeah, two actions it, every single time yeah ma ended up killing the metal golem and the metal gammon the forgeling and, and sparks was next on the chopping block yeah considering that he's super squishy i love the fact that like good players know to keep sparks out of the fight until absolutely necessary <laughs> i love that oh so what was the end score at the end? So that game, I believe, was six to two. Um, I got all four of the strategies. I got one point for deathbeds, and I got one point for outflank. Um, it, it was kind of weird because I just kept missing the first point of deathbeds by just because, you know, I and maybe I shouldn't have taken it because of riding the rails. But it seems like every time I was going to set it up, he'd ride the rails over away from it. So then I couldn't, because it was hard for me to drop a scheme with Maw, then charge, then, you know, kill a model. 
yeah. and then he'd activate and just off the rails. And I, it just, it was one of those things where I probably should have scored it, but just the way the game kind of interacted throughout the turn, I just missed it, missed the first point, And then I easily scored the second point. So it was a good game. I enjoyed playing it. Um, Elite Maw with the emissary running turf wars. That was fun running over survivors. It was just hamster <laughs> wheeling over survivors. It was pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Poor little buggers. So, Chris, how did your game end up uh, end up playing out? Me, I got the win on uh, on the round one. What did you end up doing? Yeah, so uh, my game actually went pretty well. I, you know, like I was saying, Jetsa and Seeker Crew are deceptively mobile. Uh, it was corner deployment. I moved Austeria and Twiggy to go off and do her own thing on, uh, you know, slowly walked on the other side of the board. And then I just moved my entire crew up while getting the turf war markers into the very middle. And then I just kind of held the middle. What did you end up playing against? I played against Lucius, which scared me at first um, because of his ability to, you know, try and obey my models out of, you know, out of my bubble. Yeah. But I was able to position uh, well enough to where he didn't really get any type of uh, good grasp on getting any of my models. The very end of the game, he ended up getting the grave goo and pulling it over. And um, he scored the first point of uh, bait and switch. Nice. Yeah. With with, uh, my grave goo. But uh, I brought deathbeds and spread them out. Spread them out, you know, easy with Austere and Twiggy. He kind of left her completely alone, so she was able to go to the far turf marker and then just throw out scheme markers left and right. Um, he let one of his models get a little too co- too close to Auster and Twiggy, so she ended up sniping him and being able to put another scheme marker way far out. <laughs> um, and the deathbeds was pretty, you know, pretty easy. He tried coming in and contesting the middle, but. I had a feeling he hadn't played Seeger too many times before. He was a part of the Atlanta meta, so he did play Grant a lot, but um, I don't think Grant played him in Explorers a lot because he really didn't know to stay away from the bubble. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you got to really dissect it. There's two ways I play Jetsa. Either I will pick it apart, so if I play a crew like Zip where I have something with Knock Aside where I can move, move the Seeker models, great, then you can kill them. Or you just go with, I'm going to avoid this crew. I'm just going to work around them. So that's really your two two methods while you're working against Seeker. Um, what, was, what was the final score of that one? It was 7-4. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah, I was the victor. I uh, got both points of deathbeds. I got three of the turf war markers. And then I got both points of uh, spread them out. Okay, <laughs> so you just missed one of the, one of the strats. Yeah, yeah. So feeling pretty good. I know Jed's is kind of like one of your bread and butter. So yeah, I didn't even touch Lucius the entire game. Like he just did his own thing. Well, and I was going to ask you Dixon about Lucius. I mean, I actually played the same player that you played round three. So I'll talk about that when we get there, but I generally have the same kind of rule of thumb Dixon, where when I play Hmm. against Lucius, yeah, I think it's more important to kill his support pieces than it is him. Yeah. He actually doesn't do anything himself of, of note. Like, you just want to hit people around him. <laughs> yeah, because he can't do his issue command and stuff if there's no models to do that with. Yeah, I mean, he has a sniper rifle, but the sniper rifle is, is stat 5, and it's not really scary. Yeah. Uh, my recommendation is always take out his biggest beaters, 
because once you take out his threats, then Lucius really has to try Lulu himself, and he's not very good at it. Yeah, and it, it definitely was... Round one was fun. It was fun getting to play in a tournament and not play Chris in a tournament, but as we found out in round two, oh. we had to play each other. Yeah, so That's because I get. scored seven, and then because Pete scored, the differential was so high, John yeah. only... John, uh, Gulborn, he only scored one point above his uh the person he was playing against so pete and i ended up being evenly matched yeah much to pete's chagrin so round two was break the line which was wedge deployment breakthrough detonation wait, 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 wait. Let, me, let me say this let me Hold say on, this. on let me get the pool out first let me right. get the pool out first claim jump hidden martyrs and research mission okay go ahead chris yeah so pete <laughs> so pete goes oh i really i really want to play ulix and i was like so play ulix I mean, it's not like it's a big deal. We played against each other before. And he goes, but I don't want to play against English Ivan. So I told him, I was like, dude, if you want to play Ulix, I promise I will not drop English Ivan. Nice. And I didn't. He was like, but I told him, I was like, you got to tell me. You can't just like pull that, <laughs> pull that so, magic trick on me. You so I told him, me. yeah, I, wa I told him I wanted to play Ulix because I've been having a lot of fun with him and figuring him out. And I think Ulix has its challenges but it's still pretty good in the in the pools like like this one so yeah <laughs> chris ended up dropping the evil empire yeah did i drop nexus i mean but so pete i we play against each other all the time and last time we played against each other i told him into this pool <laughs> break the line i'm either dropping english ivan or nexus and he was like yeah this seems those seems like pretty good drops. Yeah, I, I think those will work. So I thought he obviously knew who I was going to drop. Right. Like, hands down. But he apparently he didn't. He was like, oh, you're playing Nexus? I'm like, dude, I told you when I was playing days ago. I think I think I was just hoping that Chris would drop something equally as uh, cheeky as I dropped. I don't know. Chris, um, Chris, I don't think he was actually listening. Yeah, I, 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 I was. I was figuring. There, so Chris has like a certain repertoire of masters. And in that pool, I mean, it wasn't, if it wasn't that, he wasn't going to drop his Jedza again. So, I mean, I, I pretty much had it figured, which is fine. But what I've found with Ulix going into that crew is that I can't, I can't grind it out with Cadmus versus Ulix. So I I felt like as soon as I caught any kind of parasite tokens, even my heal triggers, I'm then healing him one, only healing me one. And essentially the damage is really getting kind of where they're only taking maybe one net point of damage per swing that I'm doing, especially mm. once the you know parasite tokens get out. So in my head, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm thinking of how I can possibly manage against this. And the deployment I had was bad. There was this big house or saloon, whatever you want to call it, in my wedge deployment zone. And it made me have to split my two groups of pigs. So I had to decide if I was going to unite and try to fight in the middle or if I was going to try to kind of bubble around it and get my points that way. Tell and them what in you my brought. What's that? Tell them what you brought. Yeah, I will. I'm just talking about my general scheme. So what I ended up bringing to that pool, going down to it. All right, so I ended up bringing against Chris 
Uh, let's see here. So I brought obviously Ulix and Penelope, and we didn't get to play the new titles. We will in our December fourth tournament that we're going to allow. So if you have the titles, you can use it, but not for this one. So this Ulix one and Penelope, I brought one wild boar, one squealer, a hog whisper, a sow, Gracie, old major, and a piglet. Uh, what'd you end up bringing, Chris? So I brought the typical Nexus crew, my favorite crew, if anything. I uh, brought Nexus with uh, Hidden Agenda. I love putting Hidden Agenda, Hidden Agenda on Nexus. Uh, Shambling Nest, Shambling Nest, Archivist, uh, Dr. Meredith Stanley, Night Silk Creeper, Cryptologist, the Effigy, and a Botanist. So I ended up bringing, so obviously besides Break the Line as the strategy, I ended up doing Detonate Charges and then Breakthrough. And I can't remember what, you brought Claim Jump in something else. I brought claim jump and research mission. Yeah. Like the two, like hands down, easiest two. ones. Well, because Nexus is just going to control the center pretty well with all the chaff that they're throwing out there. Um, I actually brought detonate charges because I knew you're going to kill me somewhere. So I knew my pigs were going to drop scheme markers. So I thought detonate charges would be pretty easy to score. And it actually was, it, that worked out really well. Um, so we start getting into this game. Dixon. It, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So I end up getting into it. I get up to his half of the side of the board and I end up moving one of the strategies on my right. I think I moved it up at least six inches. I mean, I moved it up pretty far. Uh, I ended up throwing a war pig in Chris's face pretty early. Um, Ulix is kind of on the midline. I have, like I said, I had to divide my forces. So I actually ended up moving Gracie, the sow, and the hog whisper to the left. So I was going to use them to really push the left strategy marker up. So that way I could get at least two off that. And then I was also going to score breakthrough and then try to kind of find other points and maybe deny some. Hmm. So that's kind of what started happening. But I'm telling you, those berserker husks and then Meredith throwing her poison thing out and... What else sucked during that game? <laughs> there was something. Or Nexus doing her attacks through models, which is old Zoraida, which is terrible. I'm just. I was actually you know, on point with those uh, Shambling nests too. They kept uh, they kept hitting, whereas normally they're supposed to just hit one. Well, I was I was also in the middle. Like I was, I was on your side, so I think it was easier for them to start putting parasite tokens out because pigs aren't hard to hit. Yeah. Nope. And. You did put parasite tokens on the wild boar or the um, the war pigs, but then you kept on killing them, so you really didn't get too much benefit out of it. I didn't. It just kept being like I put one parasite token on, and then I put another on that same model, and then I'd kill it. Yeah, an old major was kind of just trying to hang in there. He was kind of holding the line, and basically the husks just and then the uh, night silk creeper and. Yeah, just all the damage and all the parasite just started really... Yeah, there's only so much you could do to all those berserker husks. Well, and once I lost those amount of pigs, the Hog Whisper and the Sow were away from Ulix, and I couldn't get Ulix... He got cut off before I could bring him back to the left. Ideally, I would have liked to reunite my crew, but I couldn't quite swing back that way fast enough where, where I think I could have could have made it. it it just i got cut off and then the models just swarmed i want to make sure that everyone is on the same page because you keep saying you split your forces 
I also had the same house in my deployment zone. My forces were not split. Exactly the same positioning. Okay, well, Actually, I have well, smaller bases. I mean, well, I have a no, I have a theory about that. Yeah, it's, it's because you're playing a broken crew. <laughs> Sorry, well, and that's what I said, Chris. <laughs> like, if obviously, if I thought that Ulix could fight and outfight you, because Ulix can outfight people, but when you start messing with the ability for the pigs to heal. And then you're reducing the damage that I'm putting on. And then some of that damage is coming back to me. I don't think, I think that's a fool's errand. If I would have reunited in the center and then tried to outfight you, I think that's just a fight I wouldn't have won. Yeah. And I mean, I was joking a little bit when I, I was talking about the whole broken thing, but like in a little serious note, you have a mobility that pigs don't have, which is insane to say, because pigs have like a really, really good action economy thing going on. They like, obey everywhere yeah. they charge pretty much longer yeah, distances heard, heard them super good yeah they're really really good at action economy and still they they i mean the the trick shenanigans and the movement shenanigans that you can pull off and explorers is is just really really good well and the real problem that i had with it and this is one that i think anybody that's played ulix finds out pretty quickly is when you do something where you got to interact with the strategies so you know, break the line, symbols of authority. Ulix's crew struggles because once you kill the original pigs that you hired, the summon pigs can't interact with those strats. So what I've found is people go head hunting for the original pigs, and then the summon pigs really can't do anything to the strategy markers. So, and Chris did that perfectly where it's like, okay, I did some stuff, but now those pigs are dead. And the summon piglets I have now, yeah, I can grow them up, but they really can't do anything for the strategy. Yeah, it's really sad because like you think, oh, they can still fight. It's like, yeah, but that can only get you so far. Yeah, you still got to score, you know, your schemes and strats. Mm -hmm. Especially in break the line. Break the line, you constantly have to be doing interact actions because you have to get that thing moving as far as you can to get double points sometimes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I only scored two points off the strategy and. Uh, Chris got control of the center, and there was one point where, I mean, I was popping out piglets with the, the not even really the sow, but the uh, hog whisperer, and then I was just shimmying them up the board for a breakthrough, and then eventually um, the other point of detonate charges, and I was just sitting there doing that, and there was nothing I could do to deny any of his strats and schemes, mm. so I mean... This one ended up coming out. I scored two, only two points for the strategy, but I scored both points for both schemes. So I came out of this with six, but Chris got fully. I couldn't. There's nothing I could do to stop it. Yeah, Matt. Uh, Matt looked at the uh, the score, the tally sheet, and he was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, sounds like a very good game in in the side of Chris." Not saying that you weren't playing well, uh, Pete, but like. You know, gotta give credit where credit is due. He he did a great job, from what it sounds like, of controlling the board. Yeah, I, I should have. Um, there was a couple things in retrospect. Obviously, if I I could have just dropped Maw again, but I I don't know about you guys, but when I play in a tournament, I don't like playing the same master, especially back to back. Yeah, I, neither do I. I, I mean, yeah, I wasn't gonna drop Seeker, and yeah, and, and, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if I was gonna be smart about it, I actually probably should have dropped Maw there. Yeah. Maw and is your best a... master enemy, yeah. yeah. Well, because and... I could have done Maw, and I could have brought either 
I would have brought the emissary and I could run over a lot of the crap markers that you're dropping down. And the emissary is pretty hard for you to run down and kill with Cadmus. So um, that would have been better. But like I said, I wanted to play the pigs in a tournament. I haven't done it before. And I had fun, except for when Chris had like 16 to my five models or whatever I had. Yeah, and he's just watching me activate them all. He's like, I'm done. I'm like, oh, you're done? Like, you have 16 models. I was like, you got fucking 16 models, Chris. Of course I'm done. <laughs> oh, but they're mostly useless activations. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> like, Are, they? Like... Are they? Well, at that point, they were because yeah, all his models were all, yeah, in my nothing left. Yeah. But let's not let's not rehash our hatred, Pete, for uh, for Catmus. Like we know well, that we hate it. <laughs> well, no, I've played against it before. I've beaten it before, but it's yeah. one of those things where you really have to have a crew that's like it's mobile. It can it can interact with Cadmus, but you also want the ability to disengage and go away from it. Yeah, um, which is why Ma is really good because she has such shenanigans that she has some movement. She has scamper. Um, it just has a lot of mobility and a lot of ways to get around some of the Cadmus' shenanigans. Yeah, like that's absolutely true. And like, it's a it's a snowflake position to say that. Like, oh, I'm I don't want to I don't want to repeat masters. It, it, that's a dumb thing to to say if you're trying to like be the best player or whatever. But like, it's yeah, I'm playing for fun. Exactly. Yeah, I'm I was going to say fun. it's more of an enjoyment thing, right? Exactly. Because and plus, Chris and I, we, we've played Maw and Cadmus a few times, and we kind of know where the flex points are with it. There's some very key interactions where it's like, okay, if Maw does this, then the game goes pretty well for Maw, or if Bayou gets caught at this spot, then it goes well for Cadmus. So we've, we've kind of played that out where we know where the the turning points of that game are going to be. Yep. And I don't know, I just want to do something different. It's, you're right, it's very snowflakey, but... I, I had fun doing it besides, you know, bitching about Cadmus. Yeah, but like, you know, hand to God, like, saying the truth, I don't care that it is, it is Snowflake. It's one of the few things that I truly enjoy about the game is just playing different types of styles for different types of missions. So I'm going like, to play it to my enjoyment, too. Yeah, you can. So, and that's funny because if you solo a master, yeah, you're strong at that master. Right. I can't think of in... Malifo ever playing the same master back to back. Some people do enjoy that though. So like I'm not saying yeah. that you shouldn't do that either if that's what you want. Like the person that played Jack Doll for different folks. Yeah, the person that played Jack Doll the three all three games the last time that we were there. Like he he had a blast. He didn't win. Like uh, I don't think he won any games, but like he was having a blast because that's what he wanted to do. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. I respect those people. And actually, I think especially if you get the right crew, I actually think that's pretty powerful. I think if you get a really, you know, just a fucking diesel crew and you can pilot it masterfully and if they're flexible enough to do well in any pool, mm -hmm. I think I think that's awesome because you can be really strong with it. I think if you were like English Ivan and if you are just like super strong with it, yeah. you could probably just strong arm any pool, any crew and be okay. Yeah, that's actually one of the few things that I'm very happy about. But like, as long as I don't like playing against certain crews, those crews usually have all in keyword strength in synergies that make yeah. it so that you can play pretty much against every crew, and you have a you have fun. You can actually you know do well. Yeah, and that's why 
I think Maw is that way. I think if I wanted to, I could just solo Maw. And there's so many different builds with her that she can pretty much do any of the pools pretty well. Yeah, and you know the funny thing is, I don't think that she's OP. I just think that she's that versatile. Like she is. That's it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, just because of like careful planning, being able to do something at that initiative step besides just winning. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's been like, I've gone against Nakima with Black Blood where I'm like, oh, cool, I'm going to put shielding on these two models. And then, okay, I'm going to hit you twice and not take Black Blood. Yep. I mean, honestly, I still think that Mecha Meemaw is going to be a nightmare for like those matchups. I honestly think that she's really good into that. Yeah, I'll have to see. Like I said, Maw is so good that I'm going to have to see when I want to bring Mecha Meemaw, because okay. I'm not sure. Yeah, I've got ideas about, uh, since we don't know when she's going to be released, we cut Calypso in half, and then nice. put Maw on top. If you remember the labyrinth with those big metal golems, and they knock the head off of it, and it's like this little dude inside with the levers that he's pulling it, Yeah, that's going to be Maw. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome uh but yeah good game chris you got it it was up to you to win the day so who so what was the pool round uh, don't don't do that you choked yeah. come on don't don't throw this all on me <laughs> no you're all like it was up to chris to win it was up to chris chris is chris's top table so, so me and pete went against each other and he choked and i won yeah, yeah. i played the i played the fluffier you know not as good master and it was my bad for losing to your op nonsense yeah yeah you could try to spin it however you want same I think, same outcome i think, you I think the dozens of uh, rage nation will agree with me that you're you're a dirty bastard i'm just saying you lost pretty bad and <laughs> i would hope so if you, you if you lost wanted to play against Ulix, stuff, you would bring shame you could, upon your house. you could drop something powerful Nobody, nobody twisted your arm, man. I, you I did. You, you, you tricked me. You're you like, you're like, you want to know what? You can play Ulix, and I won't play Ivan because Ivan's even worse. <laughs> that would have been. I, just, I gave you the option, and you, so, you decided. Dixon, to I actually, and Dixon, I actually think Ulix wouldn't be bad into Ivan if they weren't willpower six. Him and Old Major are both willpower six, which is a no-no against Ivan in my book. Honestly, any any crew that has a chance to have Gravity Well or something of the like, like I'm very happy for Marcus too, because Marcus too is a great uh, yeah, throw doesn't have into that. like holy crap! Like if it's a mission Marcus that... do have Gravity Well. Yep. With oh god, ahead. that's so bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good because then you can summon. It's it's I love it. I love well, it. You can you 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 can just not near that. Correct. <laughs> so you just keep them nearby. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, just everybody in the pile. Yeah, I'm ready to write, uh, read round three whenever you're ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah go, go first. All right, so it was symbols of authority, flank deployment. Yeah, boy. And the schemes was detonate charges, vendetta, assassinate, catch and release, and spread them out. Yeah, Jesus. so talk about the <laughs> shittiest pool you could possibly imagine when it comes to explorers. Yeah, exactly. I think we figured it out, though. I think we got a crew for you now. Yeah, we figured it out. So I don't have a lot of rep into Lucas, <laughs> but Lucas definitely does seem like he would do a lot better than the you know Masters that I usually take to tournaments. So when I take Masters to tournaments, I do English Ivan, I do Jedza, I do Anya, um, and who else do I play? That's it. As yeah, far as I know. Yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty much it. Yeah. Oh, Cooper. Nexus. Nexus. Oh, Nexus. Obviously. That's right. 
can't forget what Nexus. Yeah. So of those of those crews, I mean Anya's good, but she's not, you know, great in the spread them out. Um, so I brought Anya with double master English Ivan. I played against Brandon, who is a phenomenal player. Um, I overextended myself turn one. Yeah, you got greedy. Don't try to sugarcoat it. You I got greedy. greedy. Yep, absolutely. I was trying to get a Brock inspector out there turn one, and I went up against the uh, the hooded rider, and he kept a thirteen in his hand. Just uh, it was the pale that. rider or pale rider. Yep, sorry, pale rider. And he kept a 13 in his hand just for that. So when I threw out my 13, he threw out his 13, and yep. I missed. Yep. And I was yeah, like, talk, uh, talk about how your masters almost died turn one. So English I was down to like two hit points turn one, and Anya was down to I want to say five hit points turn one. Yeah. Yeah. You know the saddest thing that's ever. Like, I didn't realize his crew was so ranged. I'm sorry, Dixon. No, 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 it's fine. All I was going to say is, like, the saddest thing that can happen in that case is that you flip the Red Joker when he's flipping, you know, 13, and he's just like, well, shit. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know. I wish I had the Red Joker for that because I would have played it then. But so oh, of course. he played uh, Sonya. <laughs> he, he was a guild player, so he played Sonya with the Pale Rider and couple of other models that I don't know. And I would have saved the game, but his phone was messing up, which is actually one of the biggest reasons why I was kind of disappointed in that game. Cause mm. I'm not the type of player who's like, give me all your cards. I want to read all your cards. I prefer looking at the app at mm -hmm. the opponent's cards and be able to tell kind of what I'm getting myself into was mm. phone messed up. So I couldn't see any of his, his team. Hmm. And I should I should have definitely should have just been like, all right, well, I can't see your team. I don't know Guild because, you know, Pete and I don't ever do Guild except for now. He's starting to. Yep. But so I should the, have just been like, give me your The card. funny thing is, though, Chris, did you get a second activation with English Ivan? I did not. I did not get a second English, activation. English Ivan dead turn two. That's like, what, 16 stones 16 down the fucking drain? 16 stones down the drain. Absolutely. Man, you but, must have got you must have got slaughtered. But no, I came I can't I got six points to his seven. I only lost by one point. Nice. That's pretty impressive considering you just considering you know, I lost one third of my models basically turn one. Yep. And that got him two points because he had uh vendetta on the pale rider. That got him two points. And I'm so down a third of my army. So wait, what did you end up? What did, wait, wait, did how up? did how did you do? How did he get the first point from Vendetta on turn one? You can't do it. No, he got Vendetta on turn two, and oh, okay. he killed Ivan. Turn two after after that activation, he killed Ivan. Oh, so shit. he got he got the point with the Pale Rider, gotcha. ended the Pale Rider's activation, and then I thought I was in the clear, so I didn't activate English Ivan. I was still trying to you know build up my synergy, and then oh, he okay. brought in a, a long shot and just got English Ivan. It actually ended up being like a really lucky flip that he got English Ivan because I had a lot of high cards in my hand. Brandon is notorious for getting Brandon, what he oh wants. Oh, my God. He got every single card he flipped. He got what he wanted. And he had hot hands like every time. Yeah, third third round, he was like, oh, all I had was like two tens, an 11, an eight, and a 
you know, a couple other sorry cars, but he flipped what he wanted every single time. Yeah, Brandon is like, he's on fire. But yeah, so that's why I say two points, because at that time, I can't kill Pale Rider. So he's got that second point at the end. And he's, didn't, you know, didn't you have a chance to tie it up, though? I did, but I was an idiot. Was an idiot. I, for some odd reason, I didn't put down a scheme marker, one scheme marker, and I would have tied it. I hate when that happens every single time. It's like you're so down that you're not thinking clearly. Because I'm I wasn't, sure, yeah, I was yeah. not thinking clearly. At I'm all. pretty sure you, if you had like a cool head, you would have been like, wait, I can still tie this. <laughs> exactly. And looking back on it, I was like, oh shit, all I, and I even told him, like, I was, I did fortune's favor too many times. As soon as I forced the favor and looked at the cards, I went, no! And Brandon's like, what? And I was like, I wasn't supposed to do Forge's favor twice. Damn it. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. And he was like, why? And I was like, yeah, go figure. <laughs> yeah, so, my fault. Yeah, he ended up catching the L, which is fine. We all do it. I did it round two. It's all good. Uh if it's okay with you guys, I want to do a quick PSA here, public service announcement. So I, I don't know, Chris, you could probably agree with me here that the player that I played that you also played, he, he's been playing Malifaux for a while, but he definitely had a newer kind of, you know, I'm playing for fun kind of vibe. Yeah, I was telling him um, throughout the game, I was giving him little pointers like, uh, you should, you know, do this instead. And we were helping, or I was helping him out. So my public service announcement is, if you have your local group, for the love of God, somebody play Bayou so they don't get surprised by a Bayou player. Because I really feel like the last couple of tournaments I've played in, there's been at least one player that I've played who I've been like, I'm playing this master in Bayou. And they're like, oh, well, okay. I'm like, have you played against them before? Have you played against this keyword? And they're like, no. And then I'm just like, well, Bayou's just so different. How do, how do I explain this? Get ready to get booked. So I basically, I, could, I gave him the quick rundown. I was like, so Zip's going to move fast and try to dunk your models. <laughs> I mean, we've literally talked about this before. Like, Bayou's a really good faction, but the people that usually want to play Bayou, they play Bayou because it looks silly, not because of the mechanical, you know, Ackerman, but like it's very big on combos like the faction is incredible and it will surprise you if you're not ready for it yeah so and the funny thing is so playing into this pool i ended up and he he brought lucius again i think he was going to try to bring sonia but he didn't have what he wanted to play so he decided to play lucius which i thought was interesting that yeah lucius can play that game but with flank deployment, I just didn't think it was great for him. But anyways, I took Zip, Earl, obviously, Bert, Gracie. I brought two Iron Skeeters, Maris, first mate, and first mate had the ghillie suit upgrade. So it, it was just, a, I love that list so much. And basically, I loaded up the the top of the board with Gracie, Bert, uh, two Iron Skeeters, and then... Uh, Zip, Earl, and Maris. The only thing I had down on the bottom part was the first mate. So first mate was just going to go cause problems and score points. That's what he does. And the rest of the crew, I was like, I'm just going to rush the crap out of his crew 
and just kill whatever I can and get my points once I once I'm done killing. So I end up going heavy into the top. I end up killing like an investigator, a lawyer. Um, they stayed alive a little longer just because they have that stupid discard to put you on a negative, which I was fine with, but it kept them alive a little longer than they probably should have. But what ended up really kind of winning the day is I took out that stuff. Like I said, against Lucius, I'm just always trying to kill the support pieces. So he had Agent 46, but honestly, the first mate took care of him pretty much no problem. Um, just because of butterfly jump and, you know, I have crit strike and the ghillie suit helps out. So the first mate really didn't have too much, too many problems against uh, against him. And yeah, I just ended up getting my points. I got all eight points. I ended up taking with symbols. I took, uh, what did I take? Catch and release. So I took that and then I did spread them out. So I got, which you wouldn't think you would want spread them out, but since Lucius can't be super close to everything because the board's so wide, uh, I really was able to just put down schemes wherever because I think Lucius only controls your schemes if he's within what six. So yeah, I wasn't too worried about it. And um, he brought an executioner, which I don't know if I would have brought if I was him just because the executioner really was running around, not doing much. It was basically trying to get the strap, but also trying to do some damage, but I was fast enough where I could run away from it. Um, and then fly with me. I can just, you know, move crap away real quick. So yeah, I just, I ended up getting in the backfield. I ended up picking off just all the support pieces, killed agent 46 after I got my, um, after I got my catch and release or not. Yeah. After I got my catch and release point. So I, it, it, I just felt bad though, because (laughs) zip was just like, taking care of models. The scribe doesn't get his defense and willpower trigger because Zip's attacking size. So yeah, just all the shenanigans just didn't work for Lucius. Zip ended up just picking up models and throwing them all over the place. Mm. <laughs> and I, I just, I feel bad because against people that aren't, haven't played, shut up, haven't played against Zip that much. They don't realize that Zip is just there to cause problems. And the rest of the crew is really kind of scoring the points. Hmm. Yeah, you should 100% fit bad. I think Dixon's surprised I didn't take Assassinate with Zip. Yes. I mean, especially after the conversation we had. Well, Lucius has three incontinence, though. Okay, did I stutter? (laughs) I didn't feel like fighting that fight. I know, I know. I mean, Lucius is not necessarily the the hardest thing to kill either. You just need focus. That being well, said, that being said, when the rest of his crew's dead, you don't have to worry about it. I was exactly what I was going to say. Like that being said, you can just like start chanking other things, and Lucius doesn't need to die. Yeah, because he can't. He, I mean, because most of his abilities are triggering off of what his crew does, like what his other models are doing. What was I his mean, beater? Have, it was the executioner and Agent Forty Six. That's it. Okay. That's it. That's it. And then he had two lawyers. He had the scribe, he had a doppelganger, and an investigator. Hmm. Okay. So it was kind of weird because he brought a lot of scheming pieces. Yeah. And he only brought one, like, real beater. Agent 46, I don't feel like, I don't know, Dixon, you can tell me. I don't think Agent 46 is good unless you can copy, like, like a good gun. Um, by now, I probably played two dozen games with Lucius. I played Agent 46 for the first three and never again. 
Yeah, because doesn't he usually just want like a good gun that he can copy? Yeah, he's. I mean, even then, like he's he's uh, six if I remember correctly on the stat. Like he's not very good, at, in my opinion. I know there's people that actually get some value out of him, but like I just could not. I just I was very upset whenever I was playing him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, his mimic is a six, so his gun is gonna be a stat six anyway. So it's not like the doppelganger who's a stat seven. I guess I would say unimpressed by that. I think if you wanted to go the beater route, you needed to, I don't know, maybe bring something like, I mean, we talked about this last episode with all the riders, Dixon, but, mm -hmm. you know, bringing the pale rider, that's a great model to, you know, try to obey and a great Can't, model. to. You, I'm sorry, you can obey with just the, uh, the whatchamacallit, the lawyer. The lawyers, yeah. No, yeah, but that's was, not was, good enough. What the fuck ever. <laughs> I'm serious, then. Like, dude, like, the best way that I've seen him being played, but you is can issue, but hey, but you can thing. issue command the lawyer to uh -huh. obey the uh, the pale rider. You realize how difficult that is to pull off. I'm just listen. I'm not trying to say <laughs> that it's the best thing in the world, but it's, you can do it. Oh no, this uh, twelve percenter. I just need to do it four times in a row. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hate. It's Come not. Here. You're a it's hater. It's not good. It's just not good. I didn't say it was good. I just said that you could do it. Oh please! If... <laughs> uh... But anyways, so that you know what I'm saying. It seemed like he needed a better beater in there than just one executioner and the agent forty six. I mean, honestly, that was the problem that I was having when I was trying to play him in in guilt. I just I couldn't find any good minions. Well, and the other interesting thing about that matchup is since it was, you know, split up diagonally, I was, and Zip's crew is just so fast that they can really just dive into whatever they want and then just get out of any problems that they're having. So, I mean, really the executioner, I just didn't interact with pretty much the whole game. He almost got to Bert, but then Bert just walked out of engagement and just said, see you the fuck later. People can talk shit about Bert all they want, but he's my boy. I mean... I've told you already, if you can get work out of something, regardless of what it is, it doesn't matter if people think that's bad or good. Like, I love playing the uh, Lysis and the Soros, and I get work out of them every single time I play them. Yep. But people think that they're garbage. I don't know why. Well, the key, and I'll say this, you know, because it's, it's it was my round three, but the thing about Burr is there's a very, it's usually turned, it's either late turn one or it's early turn two. There's a moment where Bert needs to get in the backfield of the of your opponent. And if you do, he's going to score you points the rest of the game. If you don't, then you, lo you lose that opportunity. But I find most games, I'd say probably eight out of ten games, Bert's in the backfield scoring my points. Mm, That's true. Because he's not as scary as he was in second edition from what I hear. So a lot of people don't have a high target list on him, especially when they see like the first mate. The first mate's like, oh, I got to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like sometimes you just have to take the the the, the lost points because of how many actions it's going to take you to stop the, the first mate. Well, so that's my question. So like I look at if I'm bringing a model like Bert. Right. And I have the first mate. I have mm -hmm. Zip. You also have Maris, who's going to be doing her shenanigans. I also brought Gracie, who's going to be running around. And then you have these random Skeeters. It's like, okay, which models are you deciding to attack? Because they're all problems in that crew. Kill Maris first, then uh, Bert. Maris is probably the easiest one to kill. 
Yes. Also, she is insanely fast for a six-point model that can, you know, take a hit in the face like nothing for some reason. Yeah, I, I do like Maris. She's uh, she's always good for because since she flies, yep. it's just one of those things where I usually start her off next to Earl, so she just moves Earl twelve inches plus up the board. Yep. And then I'll do so, you know, so. and then I'll do a skeeter, and then I'll do fly <laughs> with me, and then. I'll fly the Skeeter again. So early on, you know, Earl's already halfway up the board with a couple flying models, giving him concealment, and it's super good. Jeez. Let's just say the concealment also was not a positive play experience for uh, for the guy I played. Yeah. I'm sorry. So <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to try to obey the Skeeter. I was like, a negative? Question mark? Yep. Yep. <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. Also, it's not terrain. So if you ignore terrain for some reason, or if you're inside of it, even if yeah, you're it just within says they inch, have concealment, yeah, yeah. There's so many stipulations about that thing. It's just so it's so dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. And this this is why I did not want to play Pete round three. So I was super oh, if we played happy. round three, Zip was gonna smoke the super crap out of happy when we ended up round two. Like legit, Pete was like. No, no, no! I don't have to play. I don't. I shouldn't play Chris. I should play. Let's wait to God. play against Chris round three. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 no! Round two. We're we're round two. It is funny how that works out. Like, and that's why I like Malifaux because we could play the same crews, but if you just switch up the pool or you switch up a couple pieces, it really does make a difference when you play somebody. But the the the, the map, I remember like constantly. I would look at a map and be like. I can't play oh, yeah. any of these masters. I have to play these two specifically because there's too many forests or there's too many rocks. You know, something stupid like that. There's, there's water everywhere. Crap. Too many forests, man. I can't wait for the Kurgan. See? Right there. That's exactly what I was thinking <laughs> every single time. Chris is already scheming about it. Yo, that's a ridiculously... The threat extension on that model is insane. Okay. You don't think... Okay. Get surprised. I agree, one hundred percent. Well, no, yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm not surprised by it. I'm just like, okay. I mean, that's fine. We can talk about, you know, ifs and buts, you know, and sugar and nuts. We'd all have a merry Christmas. But the model's not out yet, so Chris doesn't get to use it. See, yeah, so, as it so as it hits, though, I'm already doing it. See, you guys live in this, you know, normal world where like things like that matter, whereas I have to deal with it every day. Also, people have to deal with my Kurgan every day. <laughs> and that's kind of the thing though dixon i actually prefer the the real world kind of new models coming in just because it it'll it allows people time to you know digest the new models that have come in whereas when you look at you know um vassal they're all available so now you have to get caught up with all these different models all these different gotchas whereas in the real world it's like okay so i can play for our tournament you can play the stuff that came out in october and november so that's going to open up some of the new master titles that's going to open up some of the new models so yeah just it's exciting but i don't have to worry so much about like ah oh, there's like so many possibilities i don't i don't have to worry about all that you guys, yeah, but you guys live in, in areas that don't allow proxies because if I remember correctly, they used to allow proxies in Virginia as long as the TO like would look at the model and be like, okay, because like the model, if the model was not released yet, but the rules were out, you could bring a proxy of the model. Like well, I remember like, bringing scavengers. 
Oh, I was just saying that's actually what uh, I was talking to Pete about because in the uh, the tournament rules, the tournament guidelines for Malifaux, it specifically says that if the card has been officially released mm-hmm. but the model has not, then the tournament, it, then you are allowed to bring a proxy model as long as the TO says, or as long as it is easy easily identifiable as that model. Yep. Yeah. So I told Chris, it's like okay, so if the box is released but you don't have it for some reason. Nope. I'm okay with it's not the that. box. It's the book no, card. If the card is, if the card is yep. officially released, then you can do, if the model is released, you have to bring the model. Correct. But like the book, the book got released nah, and F-O-R. that has a card. Oh, see, you're saying that because you don't like the idea, but that doesn't change the fact that people do it. That, I, listen, and that's the thing though. People can do whatever the hell they want, <laughs> but you know, when you look at it, it's like, if, and once again, this just goes back to your group. I don't like proxying. I don't. I like to see the thing on the board and and see the visual representation of it. And I don't. I mean, we can proxy if you really want to play it. But I'm just going to be like, okay, this. You don't get to me. You don't get the same vibe. Like when I see that Mecha Mima for the first time, or I'm getting in the jockeys this week. When I pull them out of the box and put them on the board, I'm going to be like, yes, now I can play these, and now I'm going to have. It's going to be visually appealing, and I'm going to have fun with the rules. When you make that yeah. model with the when you make that model with the calypso, the that conversion, trust me, it's going to have that feeling. Because I, um, I I'm not, not actually making the model. Chris was just being a jackass. Oh please! I don't have any problems with turning the calypso into making me mom. I'm never going to use it. It's so stupid. <laughs> but anyways, I um. And you just broke a thousand hearts right there. Yeah, maybe, it's uh, one maybe of those- a. Maybe a couple dozen, but it's one of the best models in the game. And he's just like, I hate this model. Well, okay, so <laughs> it, it is a great, it's a great model, great piece, visually stunning. It's a good, very insanely good in-game piece. But the crew is, it's lackluster. Like there's, it doesn't have anything where it's like, yeah. I know some people who, who think EVS is like super strong. I mean, EVS is super strong. It's just not strong in one one particular place. Like, okay, well, say what you mean. everywhere. Just say you don't like it. That's really what it is. Okay, I don't like it. Like, I I think saying that it's, you know, it's crappy or saying that, you know, they don't do something. Like, I think they do a lot. I think being a player who can focus that into actually getting points is another thing. And I think that's where the difference is there. Like, I can see the strength in it. I just don't want to do that much fuck, fucking thinking while I'm playing a damn game. I don't see it. I'm with Chris. They suck. I don't. Yeah, I don't see it. I think <laughs> they're they're a jet. It's the old, the age old adage: jack of all trades, master of none. I mean, it's yeah. it, isn't that, it fits isn't that, that better though? Because you know, you're you have a little bit of each. No, I don't. I mean, the way you look at it. They have two insanely good models. Like they're insanely good models. What's your second insane one? Haka. Yeah, the hacker guy. Absolutely. Ungator is amazing. Ungator yeah. is like like insane in Colette. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I, I know a lot of people like it in Colette. I don't know. But well, I want to I want to reel this back to the whole tournament rules. Okay. So what you're saying is, Pete, is if the cards are released and you just happen to play a faction that just got released, let's say Explorers, for instance. And they're not going to release a lot more explorers for another six months. But hey, you're getting a bunch of guild releases. Like you got Hoffman, you got Lucius, you got all these new models to play with. How come it's? How come you don't don't want 
to let the other person follow the rules in the the because guild guild deserve this moment in the sun the guild deserves to have some models that are pretty good and the rest of the people can sit there in awe and appreciate the power of the guild since they've been the laughing stock of the Malifaux community for so long. Well, shit. I agree with Pete. Even though it's a (laughs) fucked up opinion, I agree with Pete. (laughs) Nobody nobody says that they don't get their, uh, their due time in the sun. I'm just saying that why can't you follow the proxy and conversion rules in the gaining ground season two because actual rulebook. If I'm running the tournament, I can do what I want. It's true. You run the damn tournament then. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. I, oh. it's, it's not my friend's shop that I promised to run the tournament. The gauntlet has been thrown. <laughs> I, I've never seen Chris throw a tournament. I'm just throwing that out there. I threw war machine or uh, yeah, war machine horde tournaments. Doesn't count. Two of them. You could ask Andy. <laughs> I've got pictures to prove it too. So all right. So he's a real boy, Pete. He's a real I boy. And I, and I mean, I I know I'm talking all this shit about it and stuff. And honestly, I don't think I have a solid opinion on it yet. Um, it's kind of like I was talking to somebody about the way that the reveal the new titles works. I think I was talking to Chris from the uh, Harlefo crew about it. And he was like, well, I'm going to give it a chance because, you know, they designed it a certain way. And, you know, some people seem to be enjoying it. So I'm, I'm going to play it that way. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. I should probably play a title game and, you know, do the same thing. But going back to the tournament, Chris, it ended up going where, um, where Brandon got first, you got second, and I got third. And then it kind of went through there. And we actually had a pretty good spread. I think there were two guild players. I was the only Bayou you were the only explorers. There was two ten thunders, two ten thunders, and then one outcast and one neverborn. But the wow. outcast player dropped. What? Yeah, and I, I think she had something to do. It, it, oh. Like some something popped. Which up. caused the neverborn player to drop because yeah. the neverborn the player. Was, yeah. yeah, man, that's pretty. Uh, if I remember correctly, by the way, I think uh, outcast got second at worlds, so that was pretty cool. I actually think Outcast, especially with some of the new titles, are going to be in a pretty good spot too. I hope so. I really do. Because I, I think when I look at uh, Funchill, I think Funchill is just insane. And like people keep telling me that I, I don't know what I'm looking at. Well, I think actually with Von, <laughs> with Von Schill, I think that's actually going to be one of the masters I play against Chris here pretty soon. Just because I think he's flexible and he has a lot of answers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the most insane thing, in my opinion, the most insane thing about Buncho in either form is the fact that he is a jack-of-all-trade master of survival. Because he does. Yeah, he, he does he, oh, yeah, he's apocalypse. a survival, for sure. And also, he I mean, you can put gravity well in his crew, so that helps with some of the problems you have with, like, Ivan and stuff. Yeah. Any, any summoner. Any summoner, all of a sudden, you have Eric right on your face, and you're like, well, fuck, I can't do anything about this. Yep. Yep, for sure. So... Looking at the tournament, Chris, I mean, how'd you feel playing your explorers into uh, into those pools and into the tournament? Yeah, all except for the whole third tournament that we've been to, symbols being the third round. <laughs> yeah, it, it is very weird. It, like, I mean, I even said that to the the organizers at the uh, at the tournament that we just went to, and they were all like, oh. "Well, Matt wasn't that way. Matt was just like, well." 
you deal with it. Yeah, you deal with it as it comes. And then, but then Brian and John were both like, you know, that actually that is true. We we'll definitely switch it up next time because it's not it's not any fun if. Oh, I had fun. Well, just because you dropped all three tournaments, all three rounds, and not only that, I think it has either been corner symbols or flank symbols in in those three. So Zip's just living his best life. Yeah, yeah. So Zip is like a perfect drop into it, but like for all the other factions, symbols is uh, more difficult to play. And doing it as the third round, I I told him I was like, dude. I don't mind playing symbols. Just do it as the first or the second. Stop doing it third round every time because it's a it's like a complete, you know, uh, what do you call it? It's a complete uh, walkover if it comes down to your faction has an answer for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like zip. Like Well, and I think symbols in a diagonal deployment zone is a lot different than standard or wedge. Um, standard or wedge, you can actually bring a lot of crews into that, but corner flank deployment into symbols can really be tough for a lot of crews. For yeah, for I would I would Dixon, hear me out. I would say that eighty percent of all Malfo crews, maybe ninety percent all of all Malfo crews have issues into diagonal symbols. What do you think? Yeah, a hundred percent. That's the reason why I said like corners needs to be like three inches longer. Yeah. I know I know that that like that's not a very popular opinion because like I've said it multiple times and people are like, nah man, it's not you need something that separates crews. It's like, yeah, but you're like you're eliminating so many crews when you do You're that. eliminating ninety percent of Malifo content yeah. by doing I simple. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I have two masters that I could throw into that, no problem. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you literally just yeah, that's just Marzip, let's go. So yeah. that's that's the thing though is it's completely shitty for for some of us and to do that round three like arguably the most intense round it's yeah. just it's as a as a to like why why would I mean I would get where it'd fall in every once in a while but three tournaments in a row symbols as round three yeah I I, I mean and I don't think that's purposeful. Because I ran as one of organized as as a, a TO, you should be looking at what your meta has run into. But you're talking about and but that's a thing. Like a lot of those Georgia guys haven't traveled, so they didn't go to the tournament that you and I went to. John did. Where, hmm. Not up in uh, not up in North Carolina. No, not up in North Carolina. But that's he what was I'm saying. He was a yeah. But so anyway. I I just think that it's just one of those things where. Um, yeah, you want to be conscientious of, and obviously they, in their tournaments, they've had it twice. So I think you bring it up. It'll be in the back of their minds a little bit. And quit your bitching next tournament that we're going to have in Greenville. It's not, not even symbols isn't even on there because Chris was crying so hard. I was like, uh, Dixon, let's just make a pool. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just stating I even put it in, in an order that would be more beneficial for players, you know, playing after three rounds, you don't want to think too hard. So like I put turf war at the end. I'm like, okay, this is murder each other. <laughs> do <laughs> do whatever your baser instincts wants to do. <laughs> Just go for the throw. <laughs> but yeah, like I, if I remember it was like break the line first, 
because you know you're like coming in you gotta get a game in you gotta get your thinking cap on and all that stuff second game is like grow up the ley lines so like oh that's fine i can still do maneuverable and then yeah. okay i'm tired now murder <laughs> tired let's just go kill shit and yeah. and wedge which is like oh but no i mean i'm also i'm definitely excited that we got these events that were really kind of starting to get going and it if we can get it to where it's at least if not once a month once every other month or by far the minimum once every like three months once a quarter because really getting the reps in i'm getting really comfortable with bayou i mean with mon zip i really don't have to do a lot of thinking with my triggers anymore um i don't know about you chris but i'm pr like since i've stuck in bayou and then narrowed it down to a handful of masters i i really can play them pretty comfortably without having to waste too much time you know thinking about it or reading cards I still think you're missing out on a good opportunity with Brewmaster, but okay. Uh, Brewmaster 2, I'm definitely interested in playing. Uh, Brewmaster 1 is kind of like Ulix, where there's some counters where it can be a nightmare, and then there's other times where Brewmaster can just piss off your opponent and you know, you're know you causing a lot of headaches for them. Um, I I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where I just I would have to play it more and I, and I will. I'm definitely going to play him more when his second version comes out. And I just need more reps into that. Brewmaster, I don't think you can just play off the cuff. You have to really get your reps and figure out your activations. There has been some very good comments about Brewmaster, too. And I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, so uh, most of the tech that I hear from Brewmaster, too, is, is not only hella fun, but like as an opponent, I'd probably be very wary. Yeah, it's problematic for your opponent because all the ping damage for poison is just super good and you can't clear it. So yeah, the whole crap with Brewmaster 1 is, yeah, it's good, but as soon as you clear off the poison, he has a lot of problems. Whereas 2, you literally cl can't clear the poison off of Brewmaster's crew. That's also true. Yeah, we'll see how he plays. You should proxy him sometime. You definitely should. I'll wait till he comes out. See? That's... Then all of a sudden he starts playing. It's like, oh, uh, why is it that everybody else knows what they're doing except me? Oh, <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, Chris can tell you it doesn't take me too long to get into a cadence with a new master because I usually do a lot of reading up on it and then I'll make some lists and then I'll play it once and kind of get a feel for it. And then it takes me about two or three more times to get a real good feel for it. And then it's all about tweaking after that. Hmm. So I, I, I'm, I'm pretty good with new masters. I don't have a problem, you know, problem with that. I just, I really hate proxying. It's like, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I, I don't I'm see it. Right there with you. No, I, I mean, I, Dixon, I, I agree. I hate proxying, but I'm like, I'm going to take one of my Moraiths. So I'm going to turn it into the Kurg, the Kurgan. So, well, and, and I was going to say, so actually, it's gonna look Dixon, just like the, what the picture of the Kurgan looks like. And, yeah. and guys, I think that there's two different things we're also talking about here. Like, so we have Captain Con that Chris and I are going to in February. Right. And if I know that a model is going to be released in January, so let's say Brewmaster 2 is going to get released in January. Right. I will start proxying it if I think I'm going to use it after it's released in that tournament in, in February. So if, if I know that model is going to come out, I will start proxying it just to get some reps. And then when I get it, I know what I'm doing. Okay. I mean, that, that one makes logical sense in an extended way. 
I still think that you should do it. I still think that if you're going to practice it, even if you're not playing in a tournament, you should at least try to proxy it. Yeah, that's no what means I'm, no, Dixon. That's what I was telling Pete. My, my, my choice. I mean, he's you're going to get the Kurgan. It's just going to happen. You just going to have to let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, Sean Connery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, 25 man. no's and a yes means yes. Still a yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really excited. The tournaments have been going really well. I had a blast. I mean, I know my last opponent hated Zip, but you know what? I think it is a rite of passage to get slammed by Zip and then hate him. I think a lot of people do hate Zip. I think it's a, it's a rite of passage in Malifaux to get smashed by one of the, I don't know, the the, the foursome assholes or something. Zip, Jackdaw, and let's see, Molly. <laughs> There's so many. Does Molly's does Molly slam people? Oh, yeah. Especially when you realize that she has no hand and all of a sudden she has five, uh, five or six cards in yeah, her hand. Yeah, there's a little couple of tricks there. Or, yeah. you know, the Ivan surprise. Hey, here's here's some butt sex with a bronze. That's exactly Spectre. right. I was like, oh, you have a willpower six over there? That's that's awesome. Thank you. Here's a Brock Inspector. Pro like, tip. If you think you're going to play against Ivan, don't bring any willpower six. I mean, you're going to know if you're going to play Ivan. Pro tip. All right. Well... I'm excited. Can't wait. All this new stuff. I wish I could have played Ophelia 2 in that tournament because I do have her. I do have the card. And I'm telling you, that Ophelia 2 is super, super fun, super good. Dude, I, honest to God, I'm shocked that you didn't play her instead of Ulex. Well, I, we couldn't. They what? didn't allow the new titles. Oh, they specifically... Dude, that's some crazy shit. They allowed Deadman's hand, but they didn't allow titles? Yeah, well, <laughs> we were. I mean, it's their tournament. They can do what they want. And we expressed that. We're like, hey, we have the models. Can we please, you know, can we play them? Yeah. And they said no. Some people didn't have games against them. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I've never had a game against, like, some Dead Man's Hand. And, you know, I'm still going to have to suffer through it. <laughs> and honestly, I probably could have been like, hey, you know, I think Chris and I could have dropped the new Ivan and the new Ophelia when we played and we could have played it and you know it would have been whatever i don't, I don't think the to would have kicked us out of the tournament all right chris any last minute thoughts tournament wise or anything else okay he's tired dixon what about you <laughs> i'm tired <laughs> Fight dixon's, on, tired and said. dixon is tired and hot oh my Just god let me, let me lay here and <laughs> bleed a while sweat. and then i'll fight he's again quite a bit I'm cooked. I'm a little bit cooked. I'm not gonna lie. I, I want to play the I want to play the Kurgan in the next tournament. Hell so, yeah! Which Hell tournament? Things to think about. Which tournament? The one that you're running. Yeah, yeah band can't play it. <laughs> I decide whether or not I'm going to that tournament. Then <laughs> you know, you're going. <laughs> I can't play the if I can't play the the Malifaux weird okayed model then. You'll play what I tell you to play. <laughs> Weird has said this model is legal, and, and Pete is like, I don't like that model. I don't like the model. Well, you want to know if Weird's running this tournament, they can make that decision. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. They're not. Pete is. Yeah, so that means I can decide whether or not I go. 
man, I love, can I love we, digging with people. Can we bully Pete into allowing <laughs> proxies? Find out in the next episode of Rage Quit no, Wire. No, I'm not, I'm not asking just uh, open, you know, all proxies. I'm just saying per gaining grounds to rules, I would yeah. like to add those. There's a whole paragraph in Gaining Grounds 2 that's... I'm magnanimous. Obey. It says, players are expected to use official models when playing Malifaux as this facilitates the ease of understanding for the player's opponents. Proxy models are not allowed, though official counts as models may be used. The only exception to this rule is if a model has an officially released stat card available, but no model is yet released. The player may field a suitable proxy but it must be easily as easily identifiable as per the TO's discretion. So my yeah. question is what classifies as an available card? Because the book. not everybody yeah. has bought one, but it's not in the app and not everybody has the book. No, I know. If, if it's not out on the app by the time the tournament happens, then yeah, I absolutely, I will not play that model. Okay, well, I have no problem with that. I don't know what we're fucking arguing about then. But if it comes out, if, if it releases on the app, I want to be able to play the model if I put all this effort into turning one of these Morates into the Gurgan. Yeah, well, dude, I have no problem with that. I thought you were just talking about being a dickhead because it was in the book. <laughs> no, if, no, if it's in the app, if it is officially released, I want to yeah, play that, the model. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I think we even had this discussion where I think we both agreed on that. I thought you were just talking about something else. No. Nope. So you guys actually are waiting for it to come out in the app rather than in the book. Yes. Yeah, if, it, yeah, if it's I on the think, app. Yeah, the book, yeah, absolutely not. All right, all right. I will, I will cut Colossus in half and put Meemaw together. Calypso. No, no. No. Colossus. No, Colossus. Oh, a Colossus. Guild, Guild oh, Ball. Gotcha, yeah. okay, gotcha. Yeah. A model I wouldn't that... do that to your Calypso model. That model's, you know, it... I don't know. I wouldn't do that. I think I've got some uh, some convergence stuff from War Machine. There you go. That's what we need. That also we do at least fifty at least fifty percent of the model has to be Malifaux, so we'll have to. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll have to figure it out. Hmm. All right. Well, I think with that all being said, I think we're gonna get ready to roll up out on out of here. Make sure that you guys are checking us out on the social medias, and make sure that you are just flipping guards and flipping tables, just like Chris Ewan would. We will see y'all next time. See y'all next time. See y'all next time. Bye. Hey, you know, I'm really surprised that Pete didn't rage quit. <laughs> <laughs>